Welcome to episode 140 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name's Trent. As always, I'm joined by Jason. Hello. I just pointed at you like people can see that. Wow. That's okay. That's okay. I do that. I motion with my hands when I talk on these things. That's You could be Italian. We don't know. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll find out. Yeah. But until we find out. Go to Ancestry.com. Okay, okay I'll anyways. do that. You ruined my segue. Damn it. Oh, well. We've got Sprout from Screaming Red Mutiny back on this podcast. Again. And he's been on here. This will be the third time. And this is the longest one of the three. Yes. I think the first one was pretty lengthy, but this one's almost an hour and a half, so it's pretty good talk about everything that's going on with him musically and even some other stuff. Yeah, we talked about uh, tacos, football, uh, Tulsa music scene, Wichita music scene. Uh, we talked about so much. It was great. Yeah, we're going to get into that here shortly. We also Another thing we talked about that we were going to talk about anyway on one of these coming episodes was the new Living Color album, Shade. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Which I guess we don't really need to talk about now because... Yeah, we went into it. I mean, it's... I mean, we could talk a little more about it, but this is probably good enough. Yeah. So, towards the end of this interview with Sprout, we talk about this album that if you're a fan, have ever been a fan of Living Color, if you just like good quality hard rock and roll... That's right. This is a great album. It, it really is. Um, YouTube, they're, uh, they just... We're on Seth Meyers, YouTube that because oh, wow. yeah, this was a Would really good performance. Come on, Come on. Yeah. yeah, and they they did a great job. So go check that out. It's it's awesome. Yeah, Shade is the new album from them. Well, coming up this week, this is Monday. I think it's tomorrow night. The Normandies are opening up for Blink One Eighty Two. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's so proud of those guys. Great stuff. Yeah, I mean. I've probably said on this podcast before that I'm not a fan of Blink-182, but that's irrelevant because is, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the Normandies, <clears throat> and an opportunity like that when you're playing, not just opening for any national band, but doing it at a place like the Brady Theater, Yeah, when you know the place is going to be filled up, and not only that, it's just, a, I would assume, a great place to play as a musician. Has to be. Because as a fan, be. it's one of the best places you can hear a live yeah. show. Yeah, and I mean... We're all for opportunities and all for, you know, these bands of this caliber, you know, getting the the breaks that they need to get. And this is one of them. It's just, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Really excited for the Normandies because they're a great, just a great punk band out of the Tulsa area that more people need to hear. And in and, fact, they've and, been on here before. Yes, they have. And now, now more people will hear them. Yeah. And rightly so. Yeah. So look up the Normandies. Follow them on Facebook, listen to their stuff, find the episode that they're on here with us. They played an acoustic an acoustic performance right here on this episode. They sure did. For this podcast. Yeah. Well, and then later this week, we've got September 23rd in Oklahoma City is the finals of the Battle for Catfest. And there's six bands. We've got Less Than Human, God in the Machine, Among the Missing, three other bands. Going to kick this thing into high gear at the Diamond Ballroom and the winner. Gets to get on stage before Corn, Avatar, Gemini Syndrome, and Chevelle. So that's another huge opportunity for one of these guys. Not too shabby. Yeah. And that show is October 1st. The, the show they're trying to get on is October 1st at the Zoo Amphitheater in Oklahoma City. Catfest. Corn yeah. and all those bands. So if you're in Oklahoma City, check that out. And then Tulsa, September 23rd <clears throat> at Badass Renee's Through the Stone is Returning. With Crane Technique, Claim Your Enemy, 
and Sovereign Dame. This is going to be a barn burner of a show. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Just all, all four bands. It's going to be insane. Yeah, I saw Sovereign Dame once, and I'm super excited to see him again because it was just so different than what else is going on Definitely. around here for a lot of the most part it's like bluesy but it's yeah. still heavy it's really cool and of course crane technique and claim your enemy we've seen multiple times love those guys and in through the stone i'm glad i finally get to see these guys you're gonna love it yeah i, I can't wait for you to check it out yeah that's another i'm gonna go check out if you have not through the stone great stuff but hey i mean speaking of great stuff scream red mutiny they've been going strong now for a couple years yeah Sprout's here to talk about all that stuff, and he's got this solo venture he's working on as well. He's heading out to California, actually, this week for this audition that he's talking about, singer-songwriter stuff, and, you know, he actually played one of these songs for us, or a couple songs yeah, while we were great. there. Yeah, we were privileged to hear it, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, what did you think of the... Well, he, on another note, he played the new... The, oh, man. The Scream Red Mutiny, their next single. Yeah which is going to be coming out in the next few weeks. He played us that, and that thing was, if you've heard their first EP, you're absolutely going to love this Oh, as yeah. Well. Rips your face off. Yeah. But then we got to hear a couple of his his songs, which just him and guitar and piano and strings and stuff. So what were your thoughts on that? That's great. I mean, he's really working on some stuff. He's talented as hell. We knew that. I mean, he's doing all the stuff by himself. Uh, you know, and it was just, uh, it was cool to hear. I mean, it was a lot mellower than Screaming Red Mutiny, but that's great. That just shows, you know, more sides of what he can do. Yeah. And he's got a great voice that, that can go both ways, you know, mm -hmm. it's great for heavy music and yeah. it's great for this, this mellow stuff. You know, he's just got a deep voice that really yeah. resonates with <clears throat> what he's trying to do. Like Coulter Wall. <laughs> I'm gonna throw that any, in there for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone can get that deep. I know that's insane. <laughs> yeah, it just go. We don't need to waste too much time on him. But if Google that guy, it's insane. Yeah, this is a rock podcast, but this guy's <laughs> a country guy, and you know we both admittedly like old country and new country. That's good. Yes, and Coulter Wall is like 22, and yeah. Jason kind of turned me on to him recently, and. He sounds like he's like 72. Yeah. He's got a real deep, gruff voice, and he just, you can't see that coming out of that guy, but it does. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you're really depressed on a rainy day, put on some Coulter Wall and you'll get more depressed. <laughs> but that's a good thing. That's just shows the mood of his music. But anyways, yeah, deep voice. Totally. Right. Crazy. Crazy. Well, if this is your first time listening, of course, we appreciate it. If you're a fan of Sprout, go back. Episode, way back, episode 17 was the first time yeah, oh yeah. we sat down and talked to him. And that was actually in the final days of him being in Kingshifter. Yes. And then the next time was episode 48 with the entire Screaming Red Mutiny band. And it was the original lineup. John yes. Halata and Mike Starkey were in on that as well. Yeah. With Sprout and Tony. And then now in this coming episode, Sprout talks a lot about what Nick and Jim Bob brought to this band as well. So check out those two episodes. Go back into our back catalog on soundcloud.com backslash thunder dash underground, thethunderunderground.com, and follow us on Facebook. And, of course, follow Screaming Red Mutiny as well. Well, let's get into this. This is Sprout from Screaming Red Mutiny.
new lineup. We've written some new tunes. Uh, they're way different from what we started out with as far as the style. We wanted to progressively get heavier, and uh, that we did. And so we've got six, almost seven new songs for a new EP. And uh, we're planning on recording that here uh, early October. Are you doing it with Kyle Young? Yes. He's the man, dude. He's the man. I'm like, man, Kyle Kyle has a way with uh, working with uh, music and melodies and notes. I like what he hears. When you finally get what what you've done back from him, you, you definitely know you're working with the goods. So Kyle's a cool guy to work with. And, and you said it's kind of going in a heavier direction. Let's yes. talk about that a little bit. It's funny because a lot of people's idea of heavier would have to be screaming yeah, and all yeah. this other good stuff. Well, <laughs> musically, we wanted to get a little heavier. I could still get my um, point across vocally and aggressively, but um, kids, you're going to get older, and if you uh, don't have any actual singing skills, you're probably going to be screaming. Be careful. That takes technique, too, or your voice will be trashed. Um, I'm just not so old and angry anymore. <laughs> yeah. Or young and angry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'll be old and angry here in a minute. But. <laughs> no, but um, the direction we took off in, it was, it's a good one. Uh, Nick, he's the young guy in the band, and uh, the guitar is his primary instrument. He's a jazz guy, so he's going to be playing chords and notes I'm obviously going to love. I'm a jazz nut. Yeah. You know, um, Tony likes to, likes some jazz and fusion, so we're really, we're really into that type of sound from the courting and if anybody has listened to jazz guitar and jazz anything when you hear this new record you're going to hear certain chords being played it's like wow that rings you know (laughs) or boy that sounds dissonant but fits Mm -hmm. you know it's it's not your typical you know heavy music yeah i mean well and that can open up all kinds of stuff and take you down a whole different road and oh of course yeah um we we don't uh, get together in hopes of sounding different, but I guess every song has a life of its own. Yeah, you know, and you kind of got to nurture that. The songs are the songs are more temperamental than people actually think, especially yeah. when you're in the uh, uh, process of writing them. You know, everybody's got their little hangups of what they want things to sound like or be. <laughs> but sometimes, just like nature, the song ain't gonna let you do that. Right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's got a problem. Yeah. But man, Nick, he brings uh, the knowledge uh, of newer, heavier music that Tony and I, being older musicians, have kept up with. Yeah. A lot of the problems with older musicians, they're still stuck in 92, 93, 94, 95. You know, they want to talk about these damn kids. Well, <laughs> when I was coming up, we did music so we could get laid. These kids these days, they're doing music to get good. I mean, they are really doing the thing, man. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be the old codger in that circle, you know. <laughs> well, last time we saw you was that show in Fort Smith, I think, in June. Yes. And yeah. I noticed the the newer songs you guys play over heavier, and we were talking to Tony afterwards, and he said this isn't even no. the heaviest thing we've got. <laughs> no, <laughs> which is kind of exciting to hear, but also surprising because I, I can't remember the name of it, but one of those songs was heavy as hell. I thought, you know, and so it's kind of cool to to see what you guys are about to do. But is it something you guys were thinking about previously, or is it this? Yes, is this all we new? were we. 
Screaming Red Mutiny, when we first started, all we wanted to do was something that we haven't done before personally, something that was different, you know, we we didn't really sit around like, well, we want to sound like this, and I've been listening to these guys being influenced, let's see where this goes, no, we we really treated ourselves as an experiment until we figured out we weren't an experiment anymore, <laughs> and so uh, we're, we're always open and creative uh, with our processes, and so that, that definitely helps out a lot. Yeah. It, you know that, and that's one thing you said. You wanted to go in this direction, and it worked. But you know, because it was something new, but it didn't sound like you guys were trying too hard. It was <laughs> right. organic, and that doesn't happen a lot. That was really cool. Well, there, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of heavy influence, especially with yeah. us all. I mean, that's just going to come out. We're probably never going to shy away from that. Uh, we're just all into heavy groove, and we. We, we just want to bring something different to the table as in, okay, well, let's just take a look at what these guys are doing. Maybe there's more singing here. Musically, we're, we're trying to uh, um, advance a little more. Um, we're also trying to make things, uh, keep things simple as well. You know, we don't want to... We don't want to go off the deep end and all of a sudden people listen to a record like, what is this? You know? Uh, I think people got that response out of the Deftones Gore record. I thought that record was dope, yeah. but some people are like, I don't know about this, but I'd, I'd love to get Stephen Carpenter drunk one day and find out what he really thinks about he it. He didn't <laughs> like it, though. I don't no, he said that, but I, I, want his, I, 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 I want him to let go of his anger. Yeah. Let go of his, yeah. at least he his was, hate towards He was him. always real reserved in interviews and stuff, but you could tell he didn't like it. Yeah, he's like, well, I went in there and did my job, drank some beer, went home. I don't know why I was there, you know. That's, that's the vibe I got yeah. from him when I was reading. I was like, oh, so it's going to be dope anyway? Great. Because <laughs> yeah, awesome. sometimes you can't even trust the artist when they say something. Like, um, I remember listening to uh, the one and only Nine Inch Nails live record. Like, he was so excited to do it, and he did it, and then he was like, Man, this is great stuff. Then later on, he's like, "Oh, I was sick that entire tour. This is this is not Nine Inch Nails at its best." It's like, "Fool, that shit was good, dude. That was, that was awesome." What are you talking about, yeah. Well, it's like every time an album comes out, it's our best album or our most mature. You know, and then years later, you get the truth from you know, yeah, right. You know, or what they really think. I mean. Yeah, I was. I had the sniffles when I was doing vocals on that. That's why I didn't uh, feel like. Uh, come on, I mean, give me a break. You did good. Just, just, just take it. People yeah. bought it. You know, yeah. people bought the record. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned what Nick's brought to the band. Mm-hmm. What about Jim Bob? Oh man, uh, Jim Bob has definitely brought. Uh, he's brought his full circle, being in the pocket the way he is. That guy, his much like John, John's primary art was not metal. It was mm-hmm. primarily blues and rock leaning toward that direction. Jim Bob, he's played a lot of like gigs and tours with uh, songwriters. Um, he was really learning the metal stuff. And he's, he's picked up on it pretty well. Yeah. Very well. He's just getting better and better. And Nick... And Jim Bob's personalities just really blend in well with ours, man. They're they're good people to have around. 
I remember before the last road trip, Jim Bob goes, I'm glad I'm on the road with people I don't want to kill. Yeah. And I was like, man, give me three years. <laughs> you might, if you like me after three years, man, we're going to be good, you know? <laughs> well, I, you know, I remember when you guys put up the video about, you know, what you need to be our bass player and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, was he, uh, did he come about pretty quick or did you really have to go through a few of them to, to get that, that fit? Jim Bob was originally our first choice to be the bassist of Screaming Red Mutiny before Mike Starkey came aboard. Oh, okay. And uh, I had met Jim Bob a few times before then, and I've also played with the band he was in anew mm-hmm. at the time. And uh, so I already knew about the guy. I knew he could play. Um, I guess at that point in time, there was some stuff coming up, some family stuff going on to where he couldn't join us. And so Mike came in and, you know, he, he got us going. And, uh, but once he came back, you know, to he's, it was, it was almost like the dude we wanted to be there finally came home, you know? Yeah. He, he's a really good dude. And Mike Starkey, he's still a hell of a guy too, man. He's still yeah, a hell of a bassist. Definitely. And man, we love that guy. We've just made nothing but family in this band. Yeah. And, Jim Bob fit all the criteria. Nick fit all the criteria. Nick's 22, 23 years old. He's not caring too much about, you know, <laughs> any real adult stuff. Let's just play some music. And I'm still like that even at 38. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm going to work this day job because I got to. <laughs> you know? That's, that's how life for musicians are. Yeah. <laughs> Well, having a band and having songs in place whenever Nick and then Jim Bob came in, was it an easy transition for you and Tony? Yes. I mean, outside of the obvious thing with John being gone, but I mean, right. the, it, the it, playing it, transition easy? It really was. Because, you know, uh, one thing Tony and I do have is patience. We were pretty patient about what's going on, and uh, we, we didn't want to rush anything. We didn't want to um, We didn't want to force anything. So we, we just really took our time and was really patient. And uh, there was a point in time that, you know, Tony really didn't have a chance to grieve. And there was a time where I was still grieving. Yeah. So we just we just did what we had to do. And uh, everything, everything came together. And everybody was really knowledgeable on the situation and the environment. It lightened up after a little bit. It's like, okay, this is okay. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is... This is how we're going to go on, and mm-hmm. we're, we're happy with that. Yeah. So. Good, good. So what's your, do you have a timetable on recording and getting the CPI? We're going back into the studio late September, early October for sure. Okay. Uh, no later than October 7th. I think that's the date slotted to actually finish the rest of the record. Uh, we're in the process of about to uh, film a music video. We're going to release the single and the music video at the same time. Uh, we signed a distribution deal with uh, Mugen. Yes, I said it right. Mugen, right? He's like, Ryan was like, Ryan and Brandon, like, I always try my best to say that right. I was like, man, if, if, if I've signed to this label, I might as well say their damn name right. right. Like, Mugen! I sat there in the mirror, present Mugen! Mugen, like Mugen, like I heard Dale and CJ say Mugen, so I I I didn't know. That's what I've always said in my head. First time I ever heard that name. First time I ever heard that name, Mugen. I I thought it was Mugen, but 
I was drunk, so I thought somebody said mutagen. I'm like, who's got fucking turtles around here? I'm like, what the hell? That would have been awesome. Yeah, I know. I would have been drunk and confronted by some swollen turtle who I got his name wrong. You know? <laughs> like, no, just... Well, you know, that's something we've kind of forgot to put on our list. Talk about that deal and how it came about. And Well, um, Tony and Ryan had been talking a little bit and I've always liked Ryan I've always liked what he was doing he's he's handling business there ain't too many people that want to make music a, a business yeah and it, it it makes it tough because you know any investor outside of the music biz that would be curious as to what goes on Ryan would be a good example to look at you know he, he he's on top of his game he's new and he's growing just like we're growing mm-hmm. so it's nice to be in a situation where we can grow together I know we work hard. I know that cat works hard, too. So only good things can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Sony Orchard deal, it was a blessing to me. I mean, this is uh, this is the second time I've been on a label <laughs> with Sony behind it <laughs> or had a deal with Sony behind it. Yeah, that's That's very rare for a lot of people who have been in music. But then, you know... Let's go further. <laughs> you yeah, know, let's go further. Let's see, let's let's see how far this rocket ship will go. Yeah. Well, is this like a deal for like a release by, by release type thing? Or? Um, for the most part, yes. Um, we're going to release the EP, and we're gonna do our damnest to get picked up by radio stations, uh, a lot of festivals. I I do all the booking for the band, so I'm I've been getting a lot of. Uh, messages and calls for touring all over the place and i said well once we're ready we will announce we're ready and we'll get things going i remember being in king shifter there was so much we had to do right and there was just so many places we had to be you know we 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 wanted to go back home and write another record but man the road calls and we we we, we love the road but this time around here in screaming red mutiny we're gonna like Actually, like, no, we're not gonna play any gigs. We're gonna get this done, and then we're gonna go out there, and, you know, yeah. play you guys the new music. Good, good. So, so who's doing this uh, music video for you? Um, his name is Lyndon, and uh, we met Lyndon. I met Lyndon for the first time. Uh, he just got back from Japan. He had been over there for a while eating ramen. We had tacos later on after a while, and he was telling me about his. <laughs> we were talking about his uh, visit to Japan, and. Uh, we went to the location, the locations in Wagner. Okay. And man, it's it's pretty cool place. Yeah. A lot of stuff you can do. The big costume closets, and we could have access and use of anything in here. And it's just a great place to make a music video. It's in an old uh, storefront, like a, there's a storefront in the bottom, and you go up a couple of floors, and there's this nice big area. I mean, just cool stuff to do things live, and you know, do your narrative and. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And right across the street from that building is, uh, I guess there's a drugstore that burned down. And there's a lot of destruction. We we may have access to use that for the shoot as well. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, I, if, and I checked out Lyndon's work. Man, it's great. Because I've seen some crappy music videos. <laughs> yeah. In fact... <laughs> I've been in music videos that weren't so great, so I'm really excited for this. <laughs> so you guys letting him handle the narrative and everything? Are you guys 
the narrative is basically going by uh, the song. Okay. Uh, the song is the narrative mostly. Okay. Um, we we've already been setting down and planning sessions, stuff like that. We're just sitting there drinking shots. All right, Sprout. What we're gonna do is we're gonna have you explode and your guts all over people. Like, <laughs> no, that won't work. You're important. No, it was nothing like that. <laughs> but we were going through like different ideas and. Um, Man, I wish I could talk about some of these things because they're pretty rad, but we're going to wait till y'all see it. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun being involved in it. I've never really been involved in yeah. um, a, a music video shoot, being a part of the planning of it, and, you know, what do you think, Sprout? Like, uh, uh, I don't hold a camera. That's what I think. That would have been me like five years ago. <laughs> you just tell me where to stand and sing and act, and I'll do those things. But yeah. don't ask me what I think. No, this has been fun. The creative part has been fun. Cool. You know, it's your music. Be in on it. You regret it if you don't. I, I've heard so many stories from musicians that do regret not speaking up and being like, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, just like you said, there's a ton of bad videos out there. <laughs> and we can, them. Them. Yeah, we can spot them. We can spot them. Yeah, Lyndon's rad. He's going to... He, Lyndon Alvarez, I believe his name is. Cool. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna do a good job. Well, you said you had six or seven songs. Is this... Uh, are these all songs that were written with Nick and Jim Bob in the band or any of previous songs that have been around? Um... There are going to be four new songs, five new songs written by Nick. Okay. Now, the first EP, me and John pretty much were principal songwriters, and we all had, like, hand in arranging things. You know, that's how that worked. The, the single that's going to be released, musically, I wrote. Um, it, was, it, was played, it, it was played a little bit. Uh, before John passed away, the song is called uh, Iron Disposition. And so that's going to be our single coming out for that. Haven't quite decided on a name for the EP yet, mm-hmm. no. but <laughs> i got a couple I'm kicking around. Don't tell us. Keep it to yourself. I know. <laughs> that's the part I hate the most. Hell yeah, I want to tell you. I want to tell all of you. You know, it's just it's like, oh. <laughs> nice. The, 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 the suspense, it's like yeah. it's like watching the cat hang over the blender without somebody putting him in, you know? It's, it's just a suspense. <laughs> oh, Put man. the lid on that thing, you're going to get cat all over the ceiling. <laughs> cat all over the ceiling. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yes. <laughs> just, ugh, cat everywhere. Well, let's talk about this stuff you've been working on. You've been posting about it on Facebook the last few weeks and kind of alluding to what you got going on but what is um, it that you're yeah tell us what, what is it that you're getting ready yeah. to do I have a I have a uh, audition with uh, Sony Epic Records as a singer songwriter uh, this story is actually quite interesting as well as bittersweet for me because when I was approached by representatives they were looking at me and John Olada mm-hmm. and by the time they got a hold of me John a lot had passed. Mm-hmm. So John would definitely be right next to me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, had he, had he still, you know, been alive. Uh, but I did something back in the day. They had these things called label showcases. Mm-hmm. 
And um, a label showcase was basically a show that some indie label put on and invites a whole bunch of representatives from major, major labels and maybe higher up indie labels. And they sit at this table and they watch you. And they critique you. They look at your work, your look. They critique your music. They, they, they look at everything. They ask you questions. Bands pay any up, upwards to a thousand dollars for a slot on some of these showcase shows. Well, now because of the internet and live streaming, you don't have to get a venue anymore. You don't have to do all of that. You can have a label showcase, but the panel will be sitting wherever they're sitting in their house, and yeah. you'll be streaming yourself. Well, I stream myself in a uh, a showcase. I put my like, little thirty to forty dollars in there. You know, they can't charge you an arm and a leg if you're not going to be there personally. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't even you know the the representatives. I didn't even know who they were. I recognized some of the indie labels though. They were cool. Yeah. Didn't really talk to anyone. Uh, I played my two songs. I did an original called Stones, and then I played uh, Richie Haven's Freedom. Yeah, wow. And a week later, I got a uh, message from a representative from uh, Sony Epic, and that's what that was. Wow. And I've been working on getting things set up for this for the last few months. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's been pretty rewarding. A lot of people don't even know that I can do some of these things. A lot of people, like, they don't even know I can play a piano. They don't know I can play guitar a little bit. They don't know that, you know, I can do these other things. I remember joining bands a long time ago. Hey, guys, I can do this. No, don't even worry about it. Don't worry. No, we, we, we like you holding a microphone. Yeah. I'm like... All right, well, whatever, you know, I'm involved in music. I mean, I'm not going to complain. Things are going great, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I've always loved the opportunity to create. And when I lived back home in Wichita, um, I would play at this little bar called The Studio. It used to be called Kara's. And um, I would be there and I would have this, there was this open jam every Sunday. So there's people hanging out all over the place with guitars and singing and playing. And mm -hmm. I'd be among those people. Yes, I can do... I, I can do any type of bluegrass you want. I can, you know, I can play. I can yeah. sing, I can perform, I can write. They just think I'm just another big black metal guy with a microphone <laughs> that can scream. No, I can do much, much more. <laughs> I can paint houses. I can make juice. I'm an accomplished <laughs> coffee maker, all right? <laughs> accomplished. Can't nobody make coffee like I make coffee. Hell yes. <laughs> no. So have you been writing stuff like this for a long time? Or? A long time. Um... Not honestly, I don't really go out too much. I do, I mean, I did for a minute, but after I moved here, but not very much. So, a lot of people don't really know what I've done since I'm not from here. Yeah. I'm relatively still very new to this scene, right? And you know, I don't, I don't know a whole bunch of people very, very well to uh, maybe except Steve Ray. I can call that cat up, man. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Well, <laughs> I mean, he'll, he'll, that, that, that cat's my dog. He'll shoot it to me straight, you know, if I got an idea. He's like, eh, I don't know about that. Think, sleep on that one. Like, all right, maybe I shouldn't do that. You know, I'll save the 40 winks for something a little bit more constructive <laughs> or something, yeah. you know. But I, I've always wanted to go out and play acoustic sets and see what happens. I mean, it's, uh, it's something different for me. As long as I'm making music and creating music, I'm happy. 
Yeah. Well, you, you and John did that a few times, right? Yeah. And I, you know, since John died, I really haven't wanted to go out and do it. But, you know, it's about time for me to go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> today, actually this morning, I booked a gig at All-American Grill in Pryor. Uh, Damian Lee, uh, we've been corresponding a little bit. And uh, uh, I was like, man, I'm ready to come back and play some acoustic shows. And it was always fun, like, playing uh, playing at a steakhouse. You know, I'm a metal guy, so I'm <laughs> expecting, like, you know, sexy metal babes with cleavage hanging out and sweating, <laughs> bleeding dudes in a mosh pit. So here I am sitting with these good, decent folks while they're eating steak. <laughs> I'm singing all pretty and stuff. I'm like, man, I get used to this. <laughs> Nobody's sweating on me. Nobody's, oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> But no, just just to have that opportunity to go out there and play with John like that and have have fun and you know a little little steak involved too. Still American Grill Steakhouse, man. We gotta have a steak with you there. But we we played there a few times together, and um, I'm gonna start hitting up some of the bars. I'm definitely gonna hit the road, man. I've I've been really eager to do that with this stuff for a long time now. A lot of people have wanted to see this that actually know what I do. They wanted to see this out of me for a long time. So I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> give it a shot. Regardless what happens, uh, what I leave town or whatnot to California and come back, uh, I'm still going to, still going to plan on going for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't half ass anything. <laughs> <laughs> when I do well, God damn it, I do well. That's right. When I fuck up, the sky is falling down. Take that shit to the bank. Yes. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Not a, not a lot of times in my life where I felt this confident to go out there and attempt to um, do multiple things like this. Because I, I, I do want to make music my life in some way. Mm-hmm. If, I can, if I can make it help pay the bills, that'd be great, too. Yeah. But, shit, I don't expect anything like that, either. Yeah. You know, yeah. if I if I can get like some new shoes, I'll be okay. <laughs> I need shoes bad, so I'm, I, I'm instead of shoes, I'm gonna buy studio equipment. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, all been there, man. I haven't even got a haircut or shade. Normally, I got my fade going, and now I got these little BB bucks. Looks like black taco meat on the side of my head. Look at that, man. I'm look brother looking terrible right now. <laughs> I've been in this room, man. Yeah. I've been out there <laughs> looking terrible. Well, uh, that's got to be quite a, a, you know, two ends of the spectrum, you know, with Screaming Red Mutiny, and then you come in here <coughs> and just kind of do your own thing. I mean, is there more pressure, or, you know, what's kind of the difference to you? I have a lot of support from my band. Okay. A lot of it, and they're, they're really happy for me and the opportunity that's happening, and you know, if there's anything I could do to help keep going with Screaming Red Beauty, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Man, this 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 isn't stopping at all. I don't care what happens. Yeah. You know. Uh, Nick is also in another band. You know, maybe he got something else going on too, but he wants to make music his life. Tony's about to have another kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he, he ain't trying to take on those side projects. <laughs> And Jim Bobby, you know, he still does this thing with the David Castro band from time to time. Yeah. And uh, I don't think Anu is officially broken up or whatever, but I'm pretty sure if they decide to get back together and play a show, it's all good. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all musicians. We're going to play. Yeah. 
You know, we're gonna we're gonna live our lives the way we want to with music. And we're I'm just glad we're all dedicated to each other and what we're doing enough to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So say you go to California and this thing goes great. Mm-hmm. Screen Red Mutiny, is that still your priority, or is both these things an equal priority? Well, that just depends on how much the bigger guy wants to interact with me. Right. Because, (laughs) I mean, this Screaming Red Mutiny is something that the four of us have absolute, total control over. Mm -hmm. You know, the deal may be I probably can't do anything else right now but that, because of them being a major label. They may have that type of power. Well, they do have that type of power to exercise, but who knows what they want to do with me? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I don't know. Yeah, you know that's what's that's not what's clear. You know, I've heard stories of people going out to things and meetings with labels and A and R people. Like, we love your voice, but hey, we have these songs over here we'd like you to sing. Yeah. Or yeah. You know, we're going to give you the best record ever. Now, you get to choose 19 from these 120 producers that we approve of, (laughs) and then uh, we'll see where that goes. You got songs? Great. These guys we hired rights. Bob, Bob, come here. Bring the songs. You're going to love these. I'm going to look at them like, you motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) You motherfuckers. (laughs) I do want an opportunity to do my own music. Yeah. You know, I've I've never sang a song anybody else wrote or handed to me so I could sing ever in my life. You know, yeah, you know, I've been in a cover band, but that was different. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not like I'm trying to make a record and a living. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm singing this tragic song that some man wrote, but man, my life's tragic enough. Man, listen to this shit. You know, <laughs> probably probably sound just as good. Man. I don't know, <laughs> but I, it. A lot of the record industry is what you can retain control on. You know, if you don't if you don't know what you're doing, I remember when this opportunity started. The first thing I did because I've never been this far before ever. Um, the first thing I did was talk to people who have been there somewhat. You know, I've talked to a man who is a ra- who was a radio DJ back home who's definitely got the ends on knowing what's going on in the business from time to time. There's some cats that I grew up with in the scene cut my teeth in Wichita that have been out there. Chris Schlichting, he was uh, the original vocalist of Seasons After. I can holler at that yeah. guy. Me and that guy, we're cool. Hey, man, what do I need to look out for? Or what do I need to what do I need to be leery of? And a lot of what's in a contract is not necessarily what's in the contract. It's the language of the contract. And people don't understand the difference. Yeah. And if you're in the business long enough and you get screwed over long enough, you're going to learn about language and contracts. Yeah, so. they word it in a way that you know, <laughs> yeah. just totally screw you. One thing I learned from Jamie Josta is don't sign a 360 duel. Oh, man. Yeah, I've read about that, too. I think I read about Jamie Jasta. In life. He's always, he says that in, like, every episode every of his podcast. Don't sign a 360 duel. <laughs> When the deal has an official name or catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, beware. Yes, buyer beware. <laughs> You're going to love this. It's called the 360 deal. Yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to bring the right fist all the way back from South Texas and do a complete 360 degree turn and smack you in the face. That's the 360 degree deal in the record business. That's where the name came from. <laughs> That's what it is. We love you. Oh! 
we we can't push you properly. Yeah. But every band out there, they want that push, man. They want they 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 want the marketing. They they want to get make sure they're being seen and heard. Yeah. And people do whatever they can, social media. Um, I'm just glad I'm trying to go organic with it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do buy likes and buy views and things like that. Yeah. I I remember. Um, being a king shifter and we just released 26 tons and we were in this uh we were participating in this band battle from some other town in ohio it was like uh, they called it the cage match or something so every night at 9 p.m they would play a song from a band and they would play a song from the previous night's winner yeah we made it a week we won for a straight week and we looked up some of these bands that we were competing against and i'm like How's this band going to have, like, 30,000 fans and only 1,200 plays on their player? <laughs> like, yep. I know y'all didn't get music yesterday. I mean, <laughs> come on. Come on. No kidding. <laughs> oh, man. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about, um, you know, the stuff that you're writing. Are, are you doing anything different vocally? I mean, how's it different from Screaming Red Mutiny? Vocally, it's... Uh, it's a lot mellower. It's yeah. a lot prettier. There's, uh, I have to, <laughs> I have to uh, use just as much control singing as I do uh, in Screaming Red Mutiny. Uh, it's more storytelling. It's more narrative. My style is pretty much um, between the realm of blues and old country. Okay. Um, I like those particular. Uh, styles. I think they fit my voice very well. But yes, I have had a life that only a blues man could cry into his beer can over. I mean, <laughs> I, I I swear I don't intentionally make myself suffer for material, but man, it just happens sometimes. It just comes out. Yeah, but no, I really do like those. Uh, I do like that blend. But what I'm doing is I'm doing a little modern. Mm-hmm. Um, the content's gonna be a little modern. Some of the phrasing is going to be a little modern. Um, you're you're not going to hear any pop country type stuff. It's still going to be it's still going to be grassroots style. Mm-hmm. That's what I didn't want. I didn't want to. I, I I don't want to go out there and hear. Try singing to this, yeah. and all of a sudden, here's some auto. T- Have you ever heard an auto tuned fiddle? No, no it's one of the most to. fucked up thing I ever heard. I don't want to do that stuff either. You know. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever like thrown anything out because it sounds too poppy or too this or too that or just if it, or is it like if it if it comes to you then it's good and it's you and just do it there was one time that we were that we were in the jam room screaming red mutiny and you know John was alive and we were we were jamming and writing a song and we were playing this riff and I think it was 10 minutes before any one of us wanted to stand there and admit, you know what, this shit sounds too happy. Even <laughs> even Tony was like, that sounds too happy. <laughs> like, damn it, we can't do that. Yeah, we, we immediately scrapped that. That's, that's like the most recent occasion, occurrence yeah. of that, you know. Yeah, it was, it, it was a happy-ass-sounded riff. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> I, it was so happy. I remember what it sounded like. That's how happy it was. Well, you should put it in your your mix here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the stuff I'm writing isn't necessarily happy. Yeah, I think we covered that. Track. Right. We went over that already. There, there's, there, there's a song I played. Um, I went live a few weeks ago. 
on Facebook and I played a song I wrote called uh, Forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read some responses from it and a lot of people thought it was actually a country song. It's not. It's a love song that I wanted to sound like a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> For real. My, my boy Ton was sitting here because he, he's been helping me, like, you know, learn a lot of this stuff. Because as many times I've been to a studio, I really haven't cared because I've been too busy smoking dubs and drinking beer to really care. Yeah. But now, um, no, I'm just kidding. It's always business. But I definitely didn't know the stuff I needed to know. So Ton has been helping me. Um, uh, Tony's been helping me out. He's a studio guy. He knows things. And so from there, I've, I'm, I'm pretty much on my own. The training wheels are off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I that that song is a pretty good one. I recorded it and I threw some piano in there and some strings. You know, um, whenever I get finished with the EP, I'll I'll give you guys a copy. Do yeah. whatever we do, whatever with it. You know. Nice. <laughs> oh, I think. I think I saw you post something like you've written, what, about 18 songs? Is that right? Yes. Like, how many of those are acoustic compared to piano-driven or both? A lot of a lot of what I'm doing now is brand new as far as to the songs. Like, uh, I didn't have all this fancy-schmancy stuff before, so it was always my voice and a guitar. And it's allowed me to do things that I wouldn't, been able to do or hear my songs in a way I wouldn't have normally have heard them and this is dumb I got really drunk one night and I re-recorded a song like eight times just to see how different I could make it sound wow. and boy it was like <laughs> the, the, the spectrum was broad man I, I, straight up it was so broad I was like man all of these all of these sound good Three of them I could I would probably consider using. Yeah, you know, but just to just to have that freedom to play like that. Yeah, I I think every songwriter should have like a small studio in their house, or not even the studio setup. There's plenty of recording devices. I mean, we're old school cats, man. Remember those old Tascam cassette things and four yeah. tracks? Oh yeah. man, I used the shit out of one of them for years, man. It's, it's now like. Oh man, it's technology. It's scary. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like being in the Flintstones and having to pedal your car <laughs> with your feet instead of you know that yeah. those old Tascam things. But yeah, that brings back memories. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, the quality was not there. Yeah. It's just never there. We rented one for a weekend and did a demo on it. That was and it sounded crappy. <laughs> was it an analog task yeah, game? I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> Eons ago, at least 20 years ago. That's oh, a man. task game, but obviously a way newer one. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. They, they, they didn't come up since then. <laughs> yeah, that thing sounds amazing. That thing's insane. <laughs> well, so on your audition, how many of these songs are you going to get to perform? Do you have to... I'm going to have... Choose? I'm going to have... Uh, <laughs> this is funny. It's another showcase put on by a label. So, as a featured artist, I don't have to go through all the the red tape and crap, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get about 10 minutes, which will be enough time for me to play about four songs, and I'm going to drink some beer, and then I'm going to talk to some Californians. Yeah. Not too long, though, because I don't want to start talking like them. I have, to go back, I have to go back to Kansas every few months just so I don't start talking like your people from Oklahoma. <laughs> 
Now, see, in Kansas, we say y'all. We say y'all all the time, but y'all be like, y'all. Yeah. We're like y'all, but y'all, y'all. There's a difference. There's a difference. I got out the car at Reese's one time. How y'all doing? I'm like, oh shit! I said y'all. You know, just the accent is weird, man. Yep, you got to go back up there for a little bit. Yep, just got two days. I'm back to normal. Go back home. Nice. How y'all motherfuckers doing? Y'all all right? All right. Great. Somebody said I had a Kansas accent once. I'm like, man, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't about? even know what that sounds yeah. like. We sound like people from Ohio. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever been to Ohio, they Kansas talk like them. I yeah. guess that's a Midwest thing. Yeah. But the further north you that's go, okay. like, they're damn near Canadian. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of the most coolest laid-back people, but you got to really pay attention to what they're saying because you might as well be in another country if you're hanging out in Minnesota <laughs> or, you know, Wisconsin. Well, they're great, cool people, but 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 you gotta listen. You gotta yeah. pay close attention to what they're saying. You're gonna miss it. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, the first time we talked to you, it's been over a couple years ago now, and you yes. just you had been here a while, but not real long. Right. So now that you've been in the Tulsa scene for over a couple years, I mean, what are your thoughts on just everything the way shit is right now? I guess. Uh. Yeah, I'm all for the music scene, but I'm all for ruffling its feathers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there is no progress, not without ruffling feathers, but there is no progress without dealing with real issues at hand. Mm-hmm. For instance, recently, in recent months anyway, OTEP showed up in the town. And people made a big deal about it. I'm going to keep my feelings of OTEP to myself. Because I don't think I'm ever get a chance to, you know, say what I need to say to her personally. Not that I have any beef with her at all. I don't. But when a town comes together, regardless of what they think or their stance, to work for the locals, they should shut the fuck up <laughs> and let that shit happen. You know, you had two groups working to support the locals, and they're going against each other. So I'm hearing, oh. We have a solid, we have a solid unified scene here. I'm like, look, uh, if a t-shirt got sand in your pussy and you want to be all mad about it, it's a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Man, I handed Ryan 10 bucks myself. I was like, man, I don't need a shirt. You make sure them cats get that money across town. Mm-hmm. We're going to do our thing here. We had, we had already signed up to do the show that night at Billy and Renee's, not even knowing what was going to happen or, not even knowing OTEP was going to be there. That show was booked before OTEP was even going to, you know, going to be there. Yeah. You know, we didn't, I know my band didn't sit there and was like, okay, we got to do this for that. No, we are, we are going to play a show whether OTEP was there or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but people have problems with all that. And I'm just like, look, if you're down for the locals, be down for the locals. It doesn't matter who does what. Man, if there's something that somebody's doing that you don't like, ignore them. If you think I'm full of shit, ignore me. Mm-hmm. You know? It doesn't mean you have to say anything. It doesn't mean you have to do anything. I think a lot of what people say and do around here when it comes to talk about unity, there's no action. And let me be the first to say, I come from a unified scene out of Wichita, Kansas. It wasn't always like that. Because the venues had to work together. Promoters had to work together. Now we're so tight-knit, we know what bullshit sounds like. Kenny Ballinger, 
promoter out of Wichita, I saw a post today. He's always being blamed for quote unquote ruining somebody's music career. Jesus, it ain't his fault the band sucks dick. <laughs> You've got to bring people into your yeah. bar. You got to bring people into the place you're playing. You know, you got to promote yourself. Just because you tell people in your band you're in a band doesn't necessarily mean that you know um, people are gonna come out and see you. There's so much work involved. I can't even begin to tell you how much work is involved when you want people to show up consistently. I'm pretty sure in this show I've listened to so many podcasts where we talk about um, how people play here all the time. Well, now that's slowing down some. People are starting to get the picture. You know, they're not playing in town as much. They're picking and choosing their, you know, times and their battles and stuff like that. That's great, too. But, man, when it comes to unity, it's it goes beyond showing up to a show when you're not playing. It goes beyond that. It goes, what do you want as best for a whole? Now, once you get to a certain point, you stop caring about home so much. And that's when, when the outside world starts to beat you down. And that's when you should remember how awesome home is. I don't know how many Tulsa bands I've stood next to just listening. Because I am a fly on the wall. These are bands that Tulsans come out and see on a regular basis. And I'm standing next to them. And they're like, man, fuck Tulsa. Fuck Tulsa. We need to get out of here. We need to do this. We need to do that. Can you help us, Sprout? I'm like, not if you're saying fuck your town you're living in. Are you serious? You need these people. You need your. You need Tulsa. You need your hometown, man. You're 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 almost nothing without them. You know what 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 good is a band anymore if they don't have the respect of their hometown? I'm not even from Tulsa, Oklahoma, but guess what? I'm proud to go from town to town, especially Texas, because they don't like Oklahomans. <laughs> We're screaming Red Mutiny from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm not from here, but I'm proud to tell people we're from here. Cause that's where that's that's where we're from. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh there's so much work involved. And I know it's a broad, broad issue about what needs to be done to have an official unified scene. But hey, if anybody wants to, they, we can meet up and talk about it. Hell, I'll be on the front line showing a lot of people how unity is done. But you can't have unity when you're shining each other wrong with bullshit. You can't have unity when you're kissing somebody's ass. You have, only unification happens when you're real with the people you're supposed to be unified with. You know, ever since I've ever since I've lived here, people have asked me how things are done, how to do things. How do I get my music here? How do man? I don't know. Get in the van and things start happening. That's all I can tell them. Get in the van. Things start happening. Work, you know, write records, you know, put yourself out there. Do everything you can. A lot of my problem with the Tulsa scene is people who aren't serious about being out there are. Getting in the way of people who are. I can't... I, I, I couldn't believe how many touring bands were actually out of Tulsa. And none of them get the support that they need and many of them deserve. Yeah. I'm upset about that. Now, in Wichita, Kansas, we don't have much. And we didn't have many bands out there touring the country. You know? There was King Shifter... And before King Shifter, there was Dead O, and there's some indie rock bands, maybe a couple of them, touring regularly. 
But we're unified. We supported that. Touring bands here in Tulsa definitely need that support. They're trying to go out there and get that work done. Yeah. They're trying to go out there and put uh, their name on the map, Tulsa's name on the map. They want to do that. They want to write good music and get it out there to the people that love their music. You know, a lot of bands that don't... It's cool to be the best band in Tulsa every weekend. It's great. If that's what you want to do, who the fuck am I to tell somebody how to enjoy music? Mm-hmm. But there are people in this scene trying to really do something important with what they're doing, and those are the people I want to spend the most time helping. Yeah. Those those are the people I want to like cast my jewels to, you know. Hey, this is where you need to go. This is what you need to do. I'm just not going to give you information because you're in a band and you think you're going to go somewhere. Man, I know who works and who doesn't. <laughs> I'm not fucking blind. I'm not stupid either. I watch every last one of these people listening right now every day. I know what you do. I know what you don't do. Okay? If you think I got a problem with you, I don't. But if you really want to be legit and serious, I'll holler at you. I'll tell you what's up, man. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's tough. It's a, I sacrifice so much. So much. You got a girlfriend that won't let you go? Put down your guitar. <laughs> Eat her pussy for the rest of her life. <laughs> Let that guitar fucking collect dust. If that's how you want it, family is important. Take care of that family, man. If you can't be out there the way you're, take that. That's respectable, man. That's that's genuine right there. Um, if you're not really serious about it, stay the hell out of people's way. Mm-hmm. I've always had a problem with that. Yeah, I don't care what scene it is. <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> but I love I, I, living here. I love the Tulsa scene. Mm-hmm. I'm not being a prick or sounding harsh right now because I hate the scene. I'm saying this shit because I love it. Yeah. Man, y'all, I come from a place that does not have a rich music culture. Y'all had everything from punk rock legends to Bob Wills in this town. And you may, people mean to tell me they can't leave the, they, they can't leave behind what they're accustomed to to learn something new. Mm-hmm. Maybe start something fresh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Musically, scene wise, even their philosophy, the language of the scene has to change too. Mm-hmm. You know? It, uh, there's just so much. Yeah. I thought about having a forum once, uh, not long ago, just to see what people actually thought. And there's a lot of misillusion. I didn't need a forum for that. I just had to talk to people. But you know, I I, I think it's I think it's cool that people want to uh, have a unified scene, but I don't think people are ready for it. I don't think people are starving enough for it. I don't think people want to sacrifice for their art enough for it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. When I was playing out. There, there was a Tulsa band coalition that got started, and we'd meet at a bar like every Monday night, mm-hmm. and just it was like a it was like a damn union meeting, you know. Everyone's right. talking about trying to, even back then, trying to get together and be unified, and let's do this and do that, but it never really went anywhere. It was just you know a bunch of drunk idiots by the end of the night, you know. So I mean, <laughs> and me being one of them, I can't. I'm not. 
I'm not, you know, I'm not down in them because I was one of the ones bitching that didn't do anything. But I mean, it, it's just, I, I just, I just, I wish that that cycle. I don't know. I was out of it for a while, so maybe it wasn't a cycle, but it mm-hmm. kind of seems the same way. And I don't mean to, to talk too much. But no, just, no, you're good. It's man. interesting hearing you say that because I'm like. uh that sounds like something we tried to do a long time ago, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I've i never been a part of a musician's guild or yeah. whatever union, yeah. per se. Yeah. Um, I don't want my carcass being buried under Soldier Field or anything like that. But, uh, <laughs> hey, Jimmy, wherever you are. <laughs> much love, dog. Much love, Jimmy. But, uh, yeah, um, it's going to go beyond that. Change always starts with self. What do you want to do with music? How are you going to get there? You can't get there by yourself. You need a whole cast of things behind you. You're going to need a whole bunch of luck. You're going to need a whole bunch of coincidence. You're going to need a whole bunch of stuff, but you have to be dedicated to it. You have to sacrifice for it. Yeah. You know, and there's people that can and there's people that can't. You know, the people that can't, Enjoy music the way you need to enjoy music. I'll still love and respect you and support you. But stay out of the way of the people really trying to go for broke. (laughs) You know? Somebody's probably going to listen to like, well, who the fuck is he? Well, I'm just a guy that's been in vans for the last, you know, 15, 20 years being a road musician. You know? I'm that motherfucker. Yes, I am. Okay? I'm that guy who's performed for crowds that hated him and loved him. I'm that guy who's performed for clowns and dogs and no bar mitzvahs, surprisingly. <laughs> but yes, I've I've done enough to be like, okay, I don't have all the answers, but this sounds like a good start. Yeah. You know? You gotta start with yourself. You know, I wanna see I wanna see Tulsa be something awesome. You know. Yep. It it it's cool now. Mm-hmm. But it can be awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we could probably try to find a bar mitzvah somewhere you could play. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tear that bar mitzvah up, too. Like, yeah, that was some more, yeah. Hey, it, it, people, people, if anything, people want to be entertained, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, there's that. I'll tell you the story of uh, that one shoegaze band that was actually entertaining. <laughs> Seriously, there's a there's a style of music that some kids like called shoegaze. Oh, yeah. It's very melodic, and yeah. they literally kind of just have this Thurston Moore haircut and just yeah. have this like hair hanging over their face, looking at the shoes, right? Yeah. Right. So, um, <laughs> dude was so drunk standing there. I didn't know it was like I I thought all shoegaze bands just kind of stood there and gazed at their shoes. No, this dude was so wasted he couldn't play right, and he pissed on himself. And I thought to myself, no. That's entertainment. That's entertainment. You know, if you ain't gonna play a song, just piss yourself and let us laugh at you so you can go home. It's stuck with you because you're telling the story now. Yes. (laughs) Shoegaze, guys. It's the ultimate style and genre to disguise your drunkness. Or if you're on heroin, you're nodding out. (laughs) It's all dissonant noise anyway. Just let the feedback ring. Take a nap. You'll be all good. <laughs> so were the clowns and dogs at the same show? Oh man, the ponies as well, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Damn ponies! <laughs> no, the the 
the, the, the scene will be okay once we learn how not to step on each other's toes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it's, it's easier than you think. Yeah. It really is. Sometimes a promoter has to call another promoter or whoever does what and be like, you know what? We're both running businesses or we're both doing whatever. This is what I got going on. This is who I got coming in. I know this is a larger town from than from where I'm from, and everybody needs to make their money and have their business. But there has to be a little bit more cooperation from everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all about people running their businesses and doing what they need to do. I have, you know, no problem with that. But work with everybody else in a way to where you don't suffer. You know, there's nothing wrong with covering your own ass. <laughs> you know, you you go to the North End, wear a fucking bulletproof vest. There's nothing fucking wrong with that, you know. <laughs> I'm not mad at you, shit. <laughs> Chances are you probably didn't even need it, you know. <laughs> Just, you're alive, you know. But yeah, you know, you you, you got to be tough on the things you care about the most sometimes. And I've lived here long enough to care about the scene. And that's why I'm just kind of looking around like, really? Mm-hmm. You know, I know this ain't going to be where I come from, but man, we can do this. <laughs> Let's just be real now. <laughs> well, we talked before about heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, last time we had John, but what about like this style of music you're doing now? Who are some of the guys that you grew up like singer songwriters? We mentioned country or just more mellow stuff that you kind of look to as an inspiration. Man, you're gonna flip out on this. My my biggest influence is um, my biggest influences have always been the '50s rock guys like Chuck Berry, Little Richard. Good songwriting stripped down at its most simplest and most basic. Um, performance. I mean, wow. What can you say? Finding performers anymore is difficult. Yeah. But I really like the way Little Richard sounded. I really like the way Chuck Berry sounded. Fats Domino, his particular tone was very... Um, it, was, it was very appealing to me. Because you saw this guy who didn't really look like much. He's in a suit and playing, but you you heard the emotion from his voice. There's not enough emotion in the voice coming from heavy metal. And that's why I do so much singing. Yeah. Maybe if I, I, I thought maybe if I could, you know, not necessarily sing more, but connect more with people with human emotion with my vocals, then yeah, people will start getting it a little more. And there's nothing wrong with screaming your guts out, man. I love that stuff. Love that shit. I do it too, you know? But there, there, there's some things that are a little bit scarier said calmly. <laughs> yep. They're, they're, I'm, I'm an expert at this. Uh, <laughs> there, There's ways to articulate things. Like I said earlier, I wrote a song. Uh, I wanted uh, a love song to sound like a funeral. And it worked. <laughs> I mean, every bit of it worked. But those guys, and even growing up, I grew up in a household where uh, we listened to Luther Vandross. My mama loved Luther, loved the shit out of Luther. 
Little and Big Luther. I mean, she's just... <laughs> I heard so much Luther Vandross. Uh, a lot of Motown Temptations. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of Stax Records. Isaac Hayes. Um, Otis Redding. He's one of my personal favorites. Um, I like Erica Badu a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, a whole lot. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big... Uh, once again, I'm a big jazz nut. And I've always been into Billie Holiday... Yeah. And Erica Badu is as close to Billy Holiday as we're gonna have in the twenty first century. Yeah. Plus that music is just smoking. Yeah. Some, yeah. Like tons of grooves. This is probably the first time we're talking about like R and B and some <laughs> weird stuff on this podcast, but I guess that's where I come from, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of Levert, Gerald Levert and stuff like that. Isley brothers love them. There there's there there are reasons artists and groups like that are mainstays. It's the groove they create with their music and the emotion they create with their voices. Mm-hmm. That's that's what keeps them relevant. Yeah, and we're losing a lot of that. I can't blame Auto Tune for that. You can still hear what there. There was this song there for a while. For whatever reason, this little Wayne CD kept playing in the truck I was driving at the time. And uh, there was a song in Auto Tune, and he was really tired of quote unquote these bitch ass bitches. <laughs> I felt that motherfucker, man. <laughs> I was like, "This is Auto Tune. This dude sounds like he's puking Auto Tune rainbows." But man, I feel this. Still you know, like fuck, man. You know, but I, it just doesn't matter. However, you can articulate the human emotion and get people to really relate to who you are. Yeah, because. Really, we're all connected. You can probably, I probably have something in common with the guy that covers himself with the trash bags and hiding fucking porta potties, you know? <laughs> you never know, man. <laughs> hey, the one guy they caught didn't even cover himself in the trash bags. Right, he was gross. <laughs> but that's where we differ. I would have been covered up with the trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up one morning, I was drinking coffee, watching the news before work. I was like, Holy shit, yeah. for real? Yeah, oh, there's some man. sick fuckers out there. It's gross, man. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe they even took him to the jail. Like, yeah. man, you gotta stand out here. Yeah. Don't run or we'll tase you, but God. just stand here to uh, dry <laughs> off or something. Like, ugh. Gross. Well, uh, I, I got a question that just came up a little bit ago in my head. There was a picture on your Facebook or Sherman Meanies. I can't remember... You were hanging from the rafters of, I think it was Billionaire Days. Uh huh. Have you fell? Have you like had any accidents before? How often do you do that? Well, and what prompted you to do that? The rafters that started years ago. I've always been a physical performer. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've ever since I was you know younger. You know, I've I've always been the guy trying to test his surroundings like a cage anymore these days i'm getting a little too old for a lot of this stuff but i'm gonna keep doing it for as long as i can (laughs) but uh the rafters thing it started uh in wichita at a place called jc's house of rock uh but most people remember it as rock island Mm -hmm. a lot of cool stuff happened in that building and so the rafters in that place were within reach so I just started swinging off of them casually and whatever. Started hanging like hanging upside down from them, or <laughs> you know, doing crazy stuff. You know, I felt like a kid on monkey bars. Uh, 
it, it's it, just a celebration and jubilee of being a musician yeah. and doing what you're doing. You, you, some people jump off the the drummer's kick drum. Some drummers don't like that, yeah. you know. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, everybody has their thing, you know. C.J. McClellan, he has this freaking awesome rock and roll kick he does, man. He has man. the kick, yeah. He, we, he, always, we always give him crap. He does that. the... I've never given him crap, because I like all things corny and rock and roll. You know? yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you keep that shit up, bro. Yeah, I, 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 I know I can't do it, so like, hey. It, it's, I, you know what? I'm much, I should start kicking. I know I'd be safe not falling from the rafters. <laughs> CJ is going to make it without a broken neck. I don't know about me, man. If I keep swinging off the rafters... I should go to kicking. Uh, Fuck I it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I, there was times back in the day when I was younger, like uh, if the speak, if the stack was high enough and I could climb it, I'd climb that thing and jump off. You know, <laughs> sometimes they catch me, sometimes they won't. You know, but that that was the life back then. Yeah. Wichita was a very physical, like metal town yeah. back in those days. Really physical. So that's that's where I got my. Uh, my physicality from you had to compete with that. They were they were pushing it, man. <laughs> they were pushing it in Wichita, Kansas, back in the day. They, they were. Hell yeah. Is it still a good place for for heavy music? Well, yes. Um, we've gotten older. The the crowd, I, I, the scene I came up with. We've gotten older, and many of us are still doing it. You've got Gulch, and you've got Odds Against. Um, They've been at it now for probably five or six years, maybe. Six, seven years. They're about to put out another record. So, um, those cats are still doing it. But then there's there's guys that were in bands at the time. They're not in those bands anymore, but they're still playing. Yeah. And so, the youngsters in that town, they don't want to be seen anywhere near the old school cats, and that's fine, you know. It's not that they don't like us, it's yeah. the generation gap. I remember us youngsters trying to get with the older cats because they know what was up. Kids today, they're too good for that. Wow. Which is okay, yeah. you know, yeah. which is all right. They're doing their own thing. I'm an old fogey now, <laughs> you know, according to them, and I'm okay with that. I've had my fun, man. Let them go out there and tear it up for a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't hate on that. I was a kid doing what I wanted to do, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all tear it up, man. I swear these kids are so talented and so energetic these days, man. Yeah. It, it's it. I I look at it in the utmost optimism. Yeah. I mean, these kids are doing good. Yeah, that's a good thing for sure. For sure. I know some of these older cats. You know, I'll, I'll meet over the. I've met over the years. These kids are ruining everything. <laughs> nah, they outplaying you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, like, these kids are wow. Yeah, they are. Exactly. Where's your favorite place to get tacos in Tulsa? El Refugio Azteca. Okay. That's on, me too. Yeah. It's on 21st Street. <laughs> yes. Uh, they have a series of trucks, usually on Garnett. Yeah, I usually go Garnett. More on 41st or, okay. or the store. Yeah. yeah, I go to the store all the time. It's the best place to get a dollar seventy five fish tacos, fish and shrimp tacos every day for dollar seventy five. Most places that have Mexican, like most Mexican restaurants that have like fish tacos on a plate, they're two fish tacos, rice. It sucks. Some of them don't even have beans with the rice. But you're ten bucks or something, right? Eight to ten bucks for a couple of fish tacos. 
Like, man, I'd rather bring a 20 in this motherfucker, go to town on some fish tacos. <laughs> and their flying is to die for, man. Their flying is awesome. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, save room for dessert, man. <laughs> if you like custard, yeah. that's the bar right there, man. That's what you want. Hell, yeah. I was going to say earlier, uh, Trent hates the Jets. I'm <laughs> indifferent towards the Jets. Don't bring me into this. Hey, I just had to fuck with Man, them. I've been hating the Jets lately. <laughs> Man, like, okay. I want to tell you something. Go ahead. Before last season. There's a Jets flag in here, guys. I'm just just letting you know. In my my studio, there's a Jets flag. (laughs) Before last season, I was really hoping that the Broncos would sign Fitzpatrick. Uh You know, whenever he was, hadn't re-signed with the Jets. And then, you know, he was wanting too much money, and then eventually he signed with the Jets. And halfway through that season, I think I messaged you and said, man, I'm kind of glad... Yeah, you did. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, how are we going to get one season like that out of him? I'm like, damn it. He, man, he he was the magic shamrock, dude. He was the real red rifle that year. Boy. Yeah. He tore it up, man. But then he stunk it up the next year. Brandon Marshall couldn't catch a pass. You see Brandon Marshall on Sunday? I didn't. <laughs> he caught one pass at yeah. the end of the game. What's that? Are we placed for the Giants yeah. now, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It was yes. not... Good for me, but yeah, I, I didn't it. watch that game. But yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't hate the Cowboys, but I was really hoping the Giants would win. <laughs> yeah. Same here. That's, his, that's, that's his my team. team. Oh, you're a Giants fan. Yeah. Right on, yeah. right on. Yeah, that's right. It is football season, huh? Yeah, we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about football now. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll uh, talk about some upcoming gigs. What, what gigs you guys got coming up? Um, we are playing a uh, benefit. For uh, Sister Wheezy Williams in Kansas City, Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, she's got cancer, and so we're going to go up there and do a benefit for her uh, October 6th, Friday, October 6th, at Aftershock, Merriam, Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas area. So uh, show up. Way Jennings will be there, grandson of Waylon. Um, man, I wish I had the flyer in front of me. There, there's a another band, Brody from 383, the former drummer of 383. Uh, I forgot what his new band was called, but they'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll post some flyers on Facebook here. Uh, you probably put this out on Monday, so yeah, Monday. <laughs> you, you can go to our band page, Screaming Red Mutiny, and find it. Uh, and I personally, I have an acoustic gig um, October twentieth, I believe. And it's at the All-America Grill in Pryor, Oklahoma. And I'll be playing there for a couple hours, doing some acoustic originals. Come on out there. The steak is excellent. The calamari is fantastic. (laughs) And then my ties are cold and refreshing. So come on out. Have a good time. Oh, yeah. You think on these acoustic gigs you might do any Screw Red Mutiny or King King Shifter? Like... I don't know. Uh, I mean, have you thought about that rearranging some stuff? Lately, there's been people asking me if uh, I w- if I would ever play some King Shifter tunes, uh, and I I usually tell them it's probably unlikely that I would I would do that. There are some songs I would love to play live from uh, King Shifter, but I just don't. Yeah. yeah. Um. I like, I like where, 
I like where King Shifter is, man. We 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 kick so much ass in a short amount of time, and uh, you know the music still stands. I love that music. I loved my time there. It was uh, it, it it was life changing. It really was. You know, that was as far as I ever got in uh, in in the business in most aspects at that point. So I, I'm I'm just really happy with where the legacy actually is. Gotcha. Bands, bands end, and bands, uh, bands put things down for whatever reason. But really, the ultimate testament of the band is the music. Yeah, you know, nobody's gonna give a shit about anything else, really. What's more important? I'm more happy that the music still stands, and that the people I made the music with, they they were a part of that, and they deserve just as much credit as anybody else who was involved. And so that, that that that's good for me, man. That's good for everybody, you know. Uh, I haven't spoken to Kink that much. Uh, I believe the last time I talked to him was uh, uh, I think when John died. I think it was the last time he he sent me a message, and uh, I haven't heard from Derek at all since uh, I left the band, and uh, I haven't heard from uh, <laughs> I haven't heard from David either. But uh, Dwayne, I still hear from him from time to time. He was the original drummer. Yeah. I hear from him from time to time. Yeah. But I'm just glad. I'm just glad uh, that we had a couple of good bodies of work, man. And it was some smoking tunes, yeah. dude. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. Thanks. Oh man, it's 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 no big deal, man. Uh, I love talking to you guys. You guys do great work. It's it's guys like you that help keep scenes together. <laughs> we're trying, we're trying. You know, I, I, I know, the glue I know, I know that's not your board. your like intentional <laughs> mission. Nobody wakes up one morning. You know what? I'm gonna single handedly save the Tulsa music scene. <laughs> but no, man, you do what you can do, and you know if you have interest in it and you have love for it, there's a place for you. Yeah, you know, you may not be a musician. You may just like talking about it and being around and wanting to know different things, and that's why folks like yourselves do this stuff. Yeah, you know, that's very necessary. We're 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 definitely needing some more photographers out there. <laughs> you know, this guy right here. We definitely need more photographers. <laughs> the I I've I've been photographed a lot, uh, but the BJ. Uh, I don't know where she lives, but I see her taking pictures at the Cotillion Ballroom all the time in Wichita a few years back. She always took excellent pictures. Richard Gorman takes excellent pictures. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Jimmy. Oh, man. Jimmy Fusen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that it? Man, it's like Mugen, Mugen Entertainment. Yeah. Or, did I say his last name right? Fusen? That's how I've always thought yeah, it was. I don't know. That's how I've heard it. All right. Jimmy Fusen, Fussen. Please, <laughs> please don't beat me up. I'm just trying to get your name right, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to get your name right. I got mad love for you. He's a talented photographer. He's, he's photographed me many times, yeah. man. Uh, we, we we need record keepers like that. Yeah. 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 You know. For sure. For sure. Well, Trent needs to go do it then. <laughs> <laughs> he's got all the stuff for it. We'll see. You know. We... we there, there, there's, there's so much anybody can do, man. There's, just, what's all this uh, Tulsa Music Award stuff That's going on? That's what we on? were talking about. Before I saw, we came over I here. saw it today, and 
the boss at my record label, he's like, <laughs> he, he, he's he's got a he's got a hand in it, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, right on. I think that's cool. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any expectations out of it. Yeah, I I got messages already as soon as I sprout. What do you think? Well, I was like, I don't know what to think. Yeah. First off, I wouldn't call Screaming Red Mutiny completely totally metal, but hey, if that's what somebody wants to call it, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I haven't even lo- I, like I told him earlier. I haven't even looked at a complete list. I'm when I get home tonight, I'm going to check it all out. Well, the only well, thing right now, I just, just kind of skimmed over it. You know, right now it's just the nomination. It's just yeah. the categories. categories. Yeah, yeah, okay. It doesn't bother me uh, that we're called metal because there's plenty of metal. You know, Screaming yeah. Red Muni, plenty yeah. of it. Uh, vocally, it just does not take it full blown. Yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's the one thing that really separates Seven Dust from a lot of bands. Yeah, um, I think that separates uh, Breaking Benjamin from a lot of people compare Screaming Red Mutiny to Breaking Benjamin, and I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how? They're a little more diverse. I you think. guys are great. Then not so much. You know, I said it. I, said it. <laughs> I don't believe I've ever listened to a Breaking Benjamin record. I try not to. Uh, I've 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 heard some stuff, you know, in passing. You know, if you have to ride in somebody's car and they actually yeah. listen to the radio, right. you're screaming. Do you have a CD? <laughs> oh, all right. Let's look. Brian will work. Woo! Lisa, uh, you know, <laughs> Brendan Benjamin. <laughs> but kind of like what you said a minute ago is I'm I'm kind of the same way. It's like I love metal, but when it gets too much to where you can't understand the vocals or where maybe that's just my age. But, you know, I get I, about Hatebreed and Lamb of God. That's about my, you know, I, I listen, limit. I listen to, uh, <laughs> this is funny, I listen to Deathcore, actually. Yeah. There's good Deathcore, and there's some really shitty Deathcore. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I love, I love, I hate genres and subgenres, but I like <laughs> them, too. Yeah. I'm a big fan of nails. Why? I've always been a power violence guy. Like somebody's like, "What's power violence?" So like, well, uh, <laughs> it's part of the stuff you don't want your children listening to. Yeah, you know? that's such a great record, though. It's like all the songs are like a oh, minute yes, long. Yes. It's just, <laughs> yes, and you can kind of still understand what he's saying, and it's just brutal. There's this band I like called uh, Antichrist Demon Corps, ACX, <laughs> ACXDC. That's what they're called. They're out of California, dude, and all those songs are like. They're all about hating Jesus, hating the police. I think there was a song about disliking vitamin D milk. There, there's like they they, they they pick up where anal cut left off, yeah. but they're hella more serious. You know, like you can listen to anal cut and not take them seriously. I mean, yeah, that they they were still they were still worth their brass. You know, a lot of people didn't think so, but I dug them because I like that shit. Yeah, but. Uh, Man, it, 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 the 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 death core that's out. The bands I do like. I love Oceano. Yeah. Oh, Oceano is sick. Uh, Once upon a burning body or Thy Art is Murder. I'm not really into that stuff. Mm-hmm. I I do like this band called Code Orange a lot. Yeah, they're really that, good. Yeah. Um, Everyone's liking them right now. Yeah. Weekend Nachos. They broke up, but I like them too. <laughs> Weekend Nachos is dope, you that's know? The, that's the greatest fucking band name in the world. Yes, <laughs> yes. Check them out. Weekend Nachos. They broke up. Uh, <laughs> Weekend Nachos. 
I wouldn't call them metalcore. They're more. There's this uh, interesting uh, group of uh, hardcore hybrid. Like there's stuff that ob- that's I got an obvious New York style hardcore, you know, root to them. Yeah. But man, there's just just added element of thrash and and death even yeah, in some of it. That's yeah. what kind of Code Orange reminds me of. Have you heard uh, Child Bite? I yeah, mean, I love oh, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're fucking great. Totally out left field, but yeah. The new <laughs> you want to hear something that's you want to hear something that's out of left field for me, and this has shocked the hell out of me. It's the newest Living Color record. Oh, we oh. just I just heard listen to that. I listened listen to, to it. it. I could listen to it like record. three times in a row the other day. Yeah, it's good, but there was did they throw in some dubstep somewhere? There was there was some I stuff that I. There was a lot of electronic. Yes, I'm like, what? Just kind of sprinkled throughout, and there's a couple songs where he's like, I'm like, is that him rapping or is that someone else rapping? I was like, I've never heard himself so hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that on Who Shot You, there's somebody else rapping on that. Right? Yes, okay. um, who is that? I read the credits. Oh, it'll come back. Yeah, but I mean that's that. I mean, I've gotten lucky enough to see them twice live. It's one of the best live bands I've ever seen. In my they don't life. come through the Midwest that often. I yeah, we, I saw them. They played Rocklahoma 2008, and then they, we saw them at Riot Fest a few years ago in Chicago. Freaking insane! And you know, I love their air. I love their debut album. That's like a bible. Everybody loves Vivid, that album. Yeah. And all their other stuff has been like, yeah, that one's cool. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, this one's cool. But this new one is fucking great. I, I, mean, I really liked it. The, the the only part of the newest record, which is called Shade, go get it. it it's it's yeah, awesome. It is. It's but great. if you're a long time if you're a long time fan of Living Color, you're gonna notice some things. It's just kind of out of character for it, which is the electronics. <laughs> yeah. Now I, li- I like electronics. I think a lot of that's cool. It's just different to hear that out of a band that never really did that too much yeah. in the last 35 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was different. It was like, it, you could listen to, um, let's say Tom Kiefer got Cinderella back together and all of a sudden they start throwing some more electron, throwing some electronics in there <laughs> and stuff. It'd be like, what? What? <laughs> Didn't I sign up to hear night songs? What? <laughs> like, come on. What is this? I don't have glow sticks for this shit, yeah. man. What's going on? But no, that new record's good. It's just the, the maybe the electronic stuff in the record will grow on me a little mm. more. Because I've listened to it about as many times as you probably guys have. Yeah. I first got a chance to listen to it three days ago. Yeah. And it came out, what, last week? Yeah. So. Yeah, that first time I heard this come on was the first song they put out. Mm-hmm. Like, when it gets to the guitar solo and it's, like, skipping or whatever. Uh-huh. Like, that's the first thing that, like, jumped out of me as being weird. Now, that, that's one thing, but then, yeah, like you said, there's four or five other songs where right. there's way more than that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you can't go wrong with listening to any Living Color record, but yeah. if, you're, if you've paid attention over the years and listened to all the records like I have, then you're going to notice this one being... Very different from anything else they've done. There's still those elements that definitely make living color living color. Yeah. And and that's always going to be gold. Platinum. That's always going to be awesome. But if you can get over the differences, it's still just as good a record as any of their other stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I'm still a big Times Up fan. That was a great oh, one. I really liked that. I one. mean, Love Rears is Ugly Head. Yeah. Like, holy cow, that thing was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I remember being a kid and watching the Grammys that year, and they won. I think they won Best Hard Rock Performance. Yeah. For that record or something like that. Um. Man, yeah. I was like. I think I was uh, 10, 11 at the time, and I had never seen, you know, black rockers win awards on TV. <laughs> so I was like, Granny, yeah, baby, can, can we go get Living Colors, Time's Up? She took one look at them brothers like, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, because they ain't in suits? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Corey Glover rocked that body glove, man. Yeah. He rocked oh, it. Man. Yeah, the body glove. If I had if yeah. I if I had dreadlocks, I'd be Corey Glover for Halloween. Well, I'd just go get some weave. Yeah. If I had longer dreadlocks, we just go buy some weave. Get a, yeah, get, get a body glove. Get a body glove like surfing That's right. outfit. That's right. You know. That's Hell awesome. Yeah. Now I'm gonna get a body glove. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Well, thanks, man. This has been awesome. Appreciate oh man, it's been awesome. It's it, it's always awesome talking to you guys. Thanks Thank for coming you. by. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. We love it. Hell yeah. Yeah, Thunder Underground, y'all. Got it again. <laughs> now turn this off so we can start talking shit about everybody. <laughs> there you go, Sprout from Screwhead Muni. Very glad to have him back on the podcast. It's been a long time coming. The last episode was forty-eight, and that's what ninety. Two episodes ago. So we were due. Yeah. Yeah, so that's number three. Like I said earlier, go back, check out episode 48. That also included Tony from Screen Red Mutiny, as well as Mike Starkey and John Halata. So go back and check that out. It's a really cool interview. And then way back, episode 17, Sprout talked about everything that was going on at King Shifter and what he, you know, what he had going on at that point. Yeah. But if... Like we said earlier, if you're a fan, you know what this guy can do with Screen Red Mutiny, what he did with King Shifter. You're going to be really excited to hear this stuff that he's working on, where it's laid back and more mellow. It's just a, a cool new side to hear a sprout that he's been working on. Like you said, he's doing it all himself. He's got a studio in the house there, and he's kicking ass. Yeah, he's doing it all. Yeah. Screen Red Mutiny's got new music coming here in the next few months as well, so be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, be on the lookout for more episodes from us, but that's, also that's right. go backwards, right? We tell you this every time. If this is your first time listening, if you're listening, hey, if you're listening on 102.7 WSNR, we appreciate it. These stream every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, but you can also go back and hear any previous episode at any time. A lot of them are on YouTube, at The Thunder Underground. And then you can find us on SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder-Underground. Streamable anytime. 139 previous episodes. We have a bunch where we just talk about, you know, new music and stuff going on. Then we, of course, have interviews with tons of people. Range from Seven Dust, Death Angel, The Sword, King, Super Joint, Great White, Battlecross, Kiss... That should always be the first thing I say. I know. Why didn't you start not, with that? I try not to, like, you know, toot our own horn. Kiss twice. How about that? Yeah. Because I can say twice because Bruce Kulik was in Kiss for a long time. That's right. And then, of course, 
what am I forgetting? We've had oh man, I I saving I, Abel. Yeah, I mean, shine I'd, down. I'd rail them all off, but I'd probably repeat a lot of firehouse. The shit you just said. Yeah, <clears throat> had a lot of the glam guys from Firehouse, Warrant, Lillian Axe, Bullet Boys, Trickster. I said Great White already. Europe, and then we've had what, really hip, pool. Yeah, uh, soil. Yeah, uh, wino. Oh yeah, from the obsessed. Speaking of that, oh man, this yeah. tour that just got let's announced. talk about that. Yeah, this tour just got announced for I think it's November December, and it's it's Clutch's continuation of this never ending Earth Rocker tour and Psychic Warfare. Oh yeah, sorry, Psychic Warfare. That'd be really never ending for <laughs> Earth Rocker. Yeah, no but, shit. <laughs> um, so of course they're headlining, but they always bring interesting openers and. But this time's a little bit even more yeah, interesting because we've got the obsessed, which is classic doom stone or whatever you want to call yeah. it at its finest. That's like one of the originators of it with Wino, and then the Devin Townsend project, which is just I don't know that guy's a genre all of himself. Yeah, you know, um, these are the kinds of bills I like to see. You know, just kind of real eclectic, but at the same time you're like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can, okay, I can see that. Yeah. You know, I hope that Devin Townsend doesn't shit in anyone's guitar case this time. <laughs> right. I doubt that'll happen. Um, so, I mean, um, you know, it's kind of maybe worth driving for. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's a bill I'd really like to check out, that's for sure. And the closest it's getting to us here in Oklahoma is Springfield, Missouri, which from Tulsa is only about a three-hour drive, I guess, if you're in Oklahoma City or further west it's going to be four or five hours but yeah it's still like you said it's worth worth the drive because i don't know devin townsend project's never been around here you know and he's had tons of different projects throughout the years but this has been going on for a while now yeah and, and then obsessed you know we've never got a chance to see them we saw why with spirit care yeah but. so i mean yeah we might have to check this one out this yeah. might have to happen yeah, November and Springfield. I don't remember the exact date. Or maybe it's early December, actually. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. Which Alter Bridge is coming that to Canes in yeah. early December as well. That's insane. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People <laughs> might have already turned this off by now. I don't know. Right. I hope not. Nah. But you never know. Right. Okay. <laughs> Once again, every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 1027WSNR.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. TheThunderUnderground.com, SoundCloud.com, backslash Thunder-Underground. Is that it? That's it. All right. Thanks again to Sprout. Thanks again for listening. And until next time. There's two mice on the corner there, <laughs> and this bitch there is just surprised as fuck. Well, these two dudes are laughing at the cat, being mad at the dog. It's oh just... I, I don't know why I thought that was a dog for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> We're so used to seeing dogs yes, play poker. I don't yeah. know. Thunder Underground, y'all. <laughs>